Hello, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Out of Bounds. As always, I'm your host, Spencer Brown. And joining me, we have Dalton Bishop. Howdy. Uh, Christian is on vacation this week, so we decided to let him enjoy it. Uh, sunny Florida this week, so if you're in Florida you haven't seen him, you can say hi, but I don't know who is down in Florida, how many listeners we get there. But anyway, we gave him the week off. Uh, he'll be back hopefully next week we return. Anyway, um, a few things of note that happened this past weekend. We had Novak Djokovic claiming another tennis championship, winning Wimbledon this year. Uh, I think I saw it was his 20th overall major win, so an Another mark in the leg- legendary career of Novak Djokovic. Um, another thing that happened was Zero 2020, which, again, I only watched a handful of matches. But I am of Italian descent, so I was happy to see Italy winning. I mean, the way soccer Reezer scores is going 1-1 final, but they won on penalty kicks. So Italy claiming Euro 2020 this year on PKs over England. Um England, you know, that has a whole story that's coming home. They won a World Cup in the 60s, haven't been good in soccer. They haven't been back to a championship match in a long time. Uh, sadly, not going to claim it, at least not for Euro. Maybe they'll do well in the Olympics. Who knows? We'll see how that goes. But Italy claiming Euro 2020. Uh, Don, anything you want to uh, say about either Djokovic winning Wimbledon or Italy winning Euro 2020 this year? I don't have anything more on uh, Jokic winning Wimbledon because I didn't watch very much of it. I'm being completely honest with you, um, but you know, in terms of like Italy winning uh, the Euro, I mean, Spence, we thought we thought that it was going to happen, and sure enough, it happened. Uh, there were other good teams, you know, like Brazil and Argentina, but well, this is Italy, only Europe, Brazil, Argentina is over in South America. That's a whole other continent. Uh, yeah, but I'm just saying they have. They have, they have good teams, not particularly that they competed. But anyway, uh, yeah, we called it. I mean, that was – I mean, pretty much, pretty much, you know, like everybody, everybody knew that they were going to win it. So, uh, it's no surprise. Yeah, and our good buddy uh, Nathan, he uh, – I think it was won France or Belgium, one of those two countries. When they lost, he uh, sent a tweet out, Italy's going to win Euro 2020. Sure enough, that's what happened. So – he predicted a little over a week in advance from the event happening. Um, another news in the soccer world, Lionel Messi, arguably the best soccer player in the planet right now. Uh, his contract with Barcelona expired at the end of uh, June, but they have re-upped the deal. Messi will sign a five-year extension staying with Barcelona. I kind of like it. I like guys that spend their entire career with one club, and Messi's been there since his teenage years. So it's just nice seeing that. He's going to stick with Barcelona and, you know, continue to dominate in Spain. Uh, Don, anything you want to add on that front? Lionel Messi, that came out this morning. I don't know if you've seen that yet. Yeah, I think, uh, no, it's it's great. I and mean, he's, he's, one, he's one of the best. Um, he's been there for a long time, like you said, Spence. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – I don't really have anything else, anything else for – you know, regarding regarding those news, that, that news. Yeah. Um, other things that happened this past week, we've discussed the other other drafts that have taken place, NBA draft, NFL draft. We're not going to go too in-depth because MLB, the way their draft was set up, it's a lot different than other drafts. I don't know the prospects as closely and intently as I do with NFL 
NBA, but we will discuss uh, a few key uh, news and notes regarding the draft for this year. Uh, First things first, the number one pick in the draft, we were discussing anyway because it's the number one pick in the draft, was actually a local University of Louisville catcher, Henry Davis. He went number one, the first player from Louisville to go number one in the MLB draft. Ever highest pick, the previous record was Brendan McKay, who's in the uh, Rays organization now. He was fourth a few years ago. Um, it's crazy that Louisville had arguably the best player in the draft. I mean, he went number one for a reason. And somehow this year's Louisville team did not make the NCAA tournament. That's another story. That's a, a little sidetrack there. But congratulations to Henry Davis. He goes to the, join the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates organization. And hopefully he's their catcher of the future. There's a lot of people that were in play. So when I saw the news broke um, like 10 minutes before the draft or so, it leaked out that Henry Davis was going to one. I was very surprised that, that he went number one. I was hoping he would fall to four to my Red Sox, but that's not the case. But nonetheless, congratulations to Henry Davis going number one. Dawn, your uh, thoughts on the Pirates lifting Henry Davis first? Yeah, no, I think it's a, it's great. Um, he uh, he had a great he had a great season, a batting average of three seventy, um, on base percentage of six sixty three. So, I mean, he had a great great season, fifteen home runs. Um, I mean, obviously, I was listening to the broadcast, and obviously, like there, these players, these these hitters were, um, they had they had great discipline. So, um, there were obviously more walks than strikeouts, and so, I think I think really we're turning the tide and. Um, I think somebody on the broadcast was mentioning how before, like a long, long time ago, they were just when players would get drafted, they have so many strikeouts, you know, but there like a lot of home runs would be hit, obviously. So, um, yeah, no, I think I think we're turning the tide in a new area. All these with these uh, hitters having better, better uh, plate discipline, if you will, um, than in previous generations. Yeah, definitely something to note there. Um, other key picks, Jack Leiter, arguably the best pitcher in college baseball this past year. He went number two to Texas, another guy that I really liked a lot. So I was uh, happy to see him going second there. His teammate, Kumar Rocker, who was another star pitcher, who if this would have been like a year ago, if he would have declared, he probably would have been number one overall, or if he would have been eligible, he probably would have been the first overall pick. He goes 10 to the Mets, which – uh, Steve Cohen, the new owner of the Mets, he's got some money, so he can pay his prospects well. Um, uh, real quick, I want to go to our favorite teams, at least first-round picks, and then a few other local prospects and other players we like. Uh, as a several Red Sox fan, they took Marcelo Meyer at four, who was – like, in a lot of mock drafts I read, he was the first player taken. And this draft was the draft of shortstops in high school, it seemed. But – Somehow Myers flipped at four and Red Sox pounced on it. So, I, I mean, again, he's going to be in the Myers for a few years. But nonetheless, they took the number one prospect, yeah, according to some scouts. So, yeah, definitely a huge win there. Uh, Dalton, what did you think of the Blue Jays' first-round selection this year? Um, I mean, I think that it's I think that it's good for what the Blue Jays need. The Blue Jays' pitching is – uh well I think it's okay. Um, Ryu is having is having is having a good year. Um, not what I expected. I thought that he would have a great year or whatever. Um, as he did in Los Angeles, but um, 
adds he adds a good dynamic to the to the uh, bullpen. I think I think this was just a need based pick. They had nineteen, so they weren't going to get you know uh, a Trey Sweeney. Uh, well, excuse me, a uh, like like any of the top picks uh, with regards to pitching. But um, Saw so said it was it was like this guy. His name's uh, Gunner. Gunner uh, Hogland. He he's a he's a right-handed pitcher from Ole Miss, and he actually this past season had I think it was ninety-five, ninety-six strikeouts um, before he had a season-ending injury um, and had to get Tommy John surgery um, in May. But apparently, I mean, they were saying on the broadcast that. This guy, he could have, he could have taken, he could have taken Ole Miss to Omaha if he, if he had stayed healthy. So I think that's, I think that's good for us at least in terms of the future. Blue Jays having, having some good pitchers because I know right now pitching and especially um, like starting and relieving pitchers, um, it's pretty much a weak spot for us. Um, so I think that, uh, I think this was just a need based pick, like I said before. Yeah, and again, he'll spend some time in the minors, but again, he's a good pitcher. He'll get caught up in a couple of years for sure. Uh, another thing with this draft, in baseball, you can go out of high school, but I mean, some people go to college if you've established. Um, anyway, both of our high schools had at least one player selected in this draft. I'll go to you first. He went first in, uh, in terms of players. 20th overall, Trey Sweeney went to the Yankees. He played at Louisville St. Xavier, went to Eastern Illinois for college. Um, the Yankees took him 20th, which I thought was a little high. I mean, I, I he's I have never seen the guy play. Uh, I'll take your word and another friend of ours' word of how good a player he is. I don't know how much of you saw, like, college base or high school baseball of him or anything. Uh, but, Dalton, the floor is yours to talk about uh, Trey Sweeney. Like, like what do you know about him and whatnot? Uh, well, I know that he's, he's good enough to – uh, get drafted in the first round. I know that there was mocks out on him getting picked in the first round. I wasn't sure, how, like, how much to put into those mocks. You know what I mean? Like, some people are overhyping on driving players. Um, but I know that you know. So Sanex, Sanex, like we, like we've got, we've got like a pretty good baseball team or whatever. And it's like consistent, like every year for our coaching, like our coaching staff, our like our like our varsity team always contends. And so, like Trey, Trey, when he was at Saint X, he was he was one of the better players on our baseball team. And our baseball team in let's see 20, 2018, 2018 was I mean it was it was pretty good twenty seventeen twenty eighteen twenty sixteen. Um, we had we had some really really good players. That would go on to play in college, like Adam Elliott, JD Munt. Um, I mean, like, I think a couple. I, just, I think I think like a, a couple others. Um, let me see. Uh, but anyway, um, and so like I had heard from other people who actually know Trey personally, and that went to school with Trey. Um, like he was, he was, he's re- really, really good at playing shortstop, and so he went on to play at Eastern Illinois, obviously, and. Um, I thought at first, like him playing at that school. I mean, obviously, you got to do what you got to do for college and being able to play D one. D one is D one, but how much? How much? I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Like a spotlight exposure. exposure yeah, 
uh, I mean, like, are you actually going to get, um, but there's a, there's a, there's a thing, like, if you're, if you're good enough, the teams will find you wherever you're at. And that goes for all sports. So, I mean, Trey had a, had a, had an outstanding year. Uh, he was batting 382 on base percentage of 522, uh, 14 home runs. Um, and he was doing this in the Ohio Valley Conference, which is um, no slouch um, when it comes to competition. So, I mean, I'm I'm definitely definitely happy for him. Um, I think he's uh, gonna gonna be a very good pro. Um, he's about, he's about six four, got a got a very big frame. So, um, I mean, obviously, if you play short, you got to have a cannon. Uh, so. I mean, I think I think it'll work pretty well with the Yankees as a very very good pick. Yeah, I mean, twentieth overall, he'll definitely if, when he's in, if he's in Triple A and he comes back to Louisville to play for the play against the Bats, we need to go see a game because again, I've never met the guy personally, but from all accounts, obviously he's a good baseball player. Went twentieth overall in the draft, so we definitely got to see him play sometime, Dalton. Yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, sticking with local. Uh, prospects from my high school, Louisville Trinity. We had Dalen Lyle went 47th overall, straight out of high school. Um, okay, I don't know this guy personally, but Trinity won their first ever state baseball championship this year in uh, no small part played by Lyle. He batted over 500 again. It's high school baseball, it's Kentucky, it's not necessarily elite prospects, elite competition, night in, night out, but still hitting over 500. And I think before the state tournament, like before the final four, he had more home runs than he had singles, which that's impressive, to say the least. Um, this is a guy that I just remember, he was a freshman, our senior year of high school. And just talking to some guys on the baseball team, they're like, yeah, this kid is the real deal. He's got a good chance to go straight out of high school to be drafted. And that was like the same year or the year after uh, Jordan Adele, Joe Adele, got drafted 10th overall by the Angels straight out of Ballard High School. So, Louisville is net producing some semi-good competition. It's not like California or Texas or other states, but, I mean, watch out. There's going to be a few guys coming in the near future um, out of this area. Uh, one other thing I want to say, and I don't know how much you follow if you want to have an opinion, but guy that dropped that I kept thinking what's going on with this guy is a tie man out of Texas. Uh, University of Texas. He was projected top ten pick and somehow slipped to competitive round, competitive balance round A thirty two to the Detroit Tigers. Uh, that's a steal in my opinion. There, I don't know. Again, I didn't watch much college baseball this past year as I do in years past. But uh, from all accounts, this guy should not have slipped to thirty two. Uh, Dalton, was there any other prospect that you thought that uh, slipped? further than they should have. I don't know how much you follow if you have an opinion on that strongly one way or another. Um, I think, well, I mean, some of these picks are obviously based off need, which I can understand. But, I mean, I felt like, I mean, I felt like, um, who was it? Kumar Rucker should have gone higher than 10th. Yeah, I, I feel like honestly that the, I mean, I mean the fact that he's that I mean the fact that he slid past five, I mean it was shocking to me. Like I thought just watching, I was like, how is he not picked up yet um, or drafted? But that was, I mean, just off face like just looking at it, just looking at the draft and the results. I mean that's 
that's my my takeaway at least. Yeah. Um, one more thing I want to mention before we go on to some other news. Uh, for the second time ever, the Oakland Athletics have drafted a guy named Max Muncie. Yeah, this is the current uh, Dodgers player, Max Muncie, originally drafted by the Oakland Athletics. Coincidentally, both players have the same birthday, August 25th. Not the same year, obviously, because the other Max Muncie for the Dodgers has been playing long- longer. But uh, just kind of a cool tidbit, I thought, that the Athletics take another Max Muncie. Maybe this guy will be able to flourish in Oakland before being shipped off somewhere else. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. Um, other news and notes with baseball, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. from the uh, Atlanta Braves at Torres ACL. He's out for the rest of the season. Huge blow for an Atlanta Braves team that was looking to contend for the NL East and maybe the pennant this year. Uh, they still got other players, but Acuna is definitely a big blow. He's one of the bright spots on that roster. Dawn, uh, just your reaction to the news that Acuna got injured out for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. Um, Braves, besides Freddie Freeman, don't really have too, too much. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, best of best of luck and with the uh, recovery and uh, getting it back out there soon. Yeah. Um, another thing, in a press conference yesterday, I, didn't get, I just saw the uh, headline. I didn't get to actually watch the press conference. So, But the story out of it was Rob Manfred – is expected to uh, after the season, so it's going to stay intact for at least the regular season this year. Beginning next year, or returning, I guess, back to the old four, seven inning double headers will be gone. They'll play two nine inning double headers, and then the extra inning run rule, uh, runner rule, where they start every inning past ten, starting with the tenth inning on. It starts with runner on second base to try to shorten the game. Those rules are going away, and I absolutely love to see that because I have no clue what the hell Manfred has been doing the last couple of years. They, I think they used the, the uh, disguise of COVID, and yes, COVID's a concern last year and this year. It still is, but they used that to experiment with, we're going to shorten the game plan, and we're going to put a runner on second to start extra innings. It just made no sense, and to me, it kind of, I mean, to a degree, it kind of illegitimizes baseball a bit, but uh, nonetheless, it's going to go away. And we'll be back to the way I think the game should be played. I mean, I, I absolutely hate it seeing these rules in place. And I'm excited to see them go back next year. Dawn, your takeaways from uh, just going back to baseball, you know, eliminating setting double headers, eliminating the extra inning starting runner on second base, just that. Just going back to what baseball used to be like, I think it's good. I think it's Even every other great. level, like in college baseball, they didn't do these stupid rules at all. Yeah, I mean, I think minor league they might, but that's another story. Yeah, I think, I mean, a cer- like a certain point, you know, you you have to just go back to what you were doing before, and uh, you know, there comes a point in time where, you know, you gotta you gotta go back to what ba- like how baseball uh, should be played or is being played. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't really have anything else on that. Um, like to see it, love to see it. Yeah. Um, real quick, I got a couple of uh, hockey news. Dolan's got some racing news. Uh, with hockey, the uh, Stanley Cup ended within the last week. We haven't had a show since then, but the Lightning have taken home the Stanley Cup, winning uh four games to one. Andre 
Vasilevsky, the goalie for the Lightning, tremendous performance, won the Conn Smythe Trophy, which if you're not familiar with hockey, it's a overall playoff MVP. It's not just, you know, the final MVP or like NFL Super Bowl MVP just for that single game. It's the MVP of the entire playoffs, the Conn Smythe Trophy. And uh, Andre Vasilevsky, the goalie for Tampa Bay, just tremendous showing. He's now had five straight games that the Lightning have clinched the series with. So they've won. That's a second straight championship they've won. So dating back to last year's cup final clinching game, they had a shutout, and that's because of Vesilevsky. So uh, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning winning their second straight Stanley Cup championship. Um, also news, this broke, I think, yesterday as we're recording. Pekka Ryan, the goalie for the Nashville Predators, has announced his retirement from the National Hockey League. He, tremendous goalie for Nashville. I don't know how – I think his play has maybe tailed off a bit the last few years. I don't know how they're going to replace him. That's an in-house decision. Maybe they have a goalie already on the roster that's going to make the transition to be the full-time goalie or primary goalie for that uh, roster. But, you know, Pekka Ryan, Hall of Fame career, I think. I mean, that's from what I know. He He's won the Vizina Trophy for best goalie. Tam, or Nashville's in the Stanley Cup final back in 2017. So just a tremendous career for him. And then, uh, as expected, probably Montreal has named Dominique Ducarmi the full-time coach. He was the interim coach this past year. But now that uh, the season's over and after Montreal made the Stanley Cup final, they saw, hey, there's uh, no chance. There's no way we don't just make this guy our full-time coach. And that's what they decided to do there. Um, that's all I have for hockey news. Dalton, I'll let you discuss racing, and then we'll take a quick ad break before discussing the NBA. Okay. Um so I'm just going to go with Formula One first, and then I will go to um, NASCAR Cup Series, okay? Uh, just some upcoming events, um, some news and upcoming events. We got the British Grand Prix this weekend, um, the Rolex British Grand Prix. Uh, the 16th through the 18th, they got a free practice on Friday, qualifying on Friday, free practice on Saturday, sprint qualifying on Saturday, and then the actual race is on Sunday at 10 o'clock in the morning, our time. Uh, that'll be at the Silverstone Circuit. The defending champion is Lewis Hamilton, uh, who by the standings is currently in second um, with 150 points. Um, that course length is about, uh, 3.660 miles, uh, three miles. It's a very interesting course. It should be interesting to, um, see what happens there. I'm picking Lewis Hamilton to win the race. I think going back to his home country, cause he is British, he'll be going back there, uh, to race. He won it. He won it last year. I think he'll win it again. Um, he should have no problem coming through, although Max Verstappen has had a great year um, so far. I think it's going to be very, very tough nonetheless. Uh, so that'll be this weekend um, at 10 o'clock, the Rolex British Grand Prix. Uh, just for the standings real quick, Verstappen uh, is still in first with 182 points. Hamilton, like I said before, in second. Yeah, Perez with 104, Norris with 101, and Botas with 92. As for the teams, the constructors, Red Bull still in first with 286, Mercedes with 242, 
McLaren, 141, and Ferrari, 122. That rounds out the top four. Moving on to NASCAR. Um, this past weekend, we had the Cup Series at Atlanta. Um, surprisingly, uh, we had Kurt Busch came in. He uh, beat out his brother Kyle uh, for first place. Uh, Mark True, the th- Mark True Jr. Uh, came in third. Uh, with Alex Bowman uh, rounding out the top four. Um, think about it is going into this race, we had um, what is his name, Kyle Larson, actually in first in the standings, and because he did not have that good of a day on the track, um, he dropped down to second in the standings. Actually. Um, Denny Hamlin actually came in 13th. Kyle Larson came in in 18th. And Denny Hamlin has now jumped up one spot to first uh, with 836 points to Kyle Larson's 826. So it's a tight race between one and two. Kyle Busch still having a great year, despite the fact that he came in second at Atlanta. He's still in third in the standings with 739 Um Let me see this. What else we got Uh, this weekend? This weekend, we've got the Cup Series at New Hampshire. Um, Brad Keselowski uh, is our defending champion there. We'll see if he can defend his crown this Sunday at three o'clock. And that's that'll be at the New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Uh, So that's that's pretty much all I got there. Uh, in terms of like the racing news and and notes and new events coming up. All right, thank you, Dalton, for that. We're going to take a uh, quick ad break and then we'll be back with NBA news. Welcome back from our ad break. Uh, first off, regarding uh, uh, before we discuss the NBA finals, there's a few things I want to discuss first. The Magic have announced that they have hired. Jamal Mosley, uh, for those who are familiar, Mosley was the uh, assistant coach of the Dallas Mavericks this past year. Um, apparently, he has great rapport with Luka Doncic, so Luka gave him a vote of confidence. I was kind of a little bit surprised that Mosley was not named the Magic or uh, Mavericks head coach, excuse me. But, I mean, Orlando's going to be a very tough gig to navigate because they appear to be going in a rebuilding stage. Uh, but like I said, mostly he's been in Dallas for a while, helped develop Luka Doncic. Again, not saying the next player that goes through Orlando is going to be Luka Doncic, but you have that experience and uh, you know how to develop a superstar in the NBA. Uh, that's going to be very important for the young guys in the league. So uh, I get, I think with Orlando, they just got to be patient with him because, and I think the ownership knows that they know they're going to be rebuilding, so they know that like, hey, like one year one, we're probably going to lose a lot. Year two. Probably going to lose a lot. Maybe year three, year four. If they if they ride him out for that long, three or four, we'll start to see some improvements in Orlando. Can be back in the playoff mix in a few years. But uh, they, I mean, I said they got to be patient. I think everyone in there knows what they're getting into. With hey, this roster, we're going to probably try to be sellers, blow it up in a few in a while. Um, so again, yeah, if you're a Magic fan, uh, you probably know, already know this already. You're embracing for the rebuild. And hopefully you can be going faster than expected. You can be in the playoffs maybe a year or two of Jamal Mosley's tenure there. Um, that's all I have to say. Don, your uh, reaction to the hire of Jamal Mosley? Um, well, we'll see. We'll see how this works out. Um, I'm hoping that it, that it goes well for him. 
but you know the magic in recent memory besides uh, uh, let's see post dwight howard have been a lot of up and down and i would say more down than up so um hopefully he can he can turn turn the uh, ship around in orlando yeah um other news not official yet but kind of expected the front runner for the uh, new orleans pelicans job is uh, current suns assistant willie green Green played in the NBA for uh, a decade plus of his career. Began his coaching career um, not immediately after retiring, but a year after that. He was an assistant coach with the Gold State Warriors from 2016 to 2019. So he was on two championship teams and a runner, uh, another Western Conference championship team. So he, and he could possibly have another ring with the Suns because the Suns are up two games to one. We'll get there in a second with that series. But uh, Willie Green knows how to win, it seems. And, again, he's only 39 years old. He'll be 40 in uh, two weeks, actually, July 28th. Um, so if they do hire him, they're getting a winner. And uh, New Orleans, like I said, they got to work on, you know, developing Zion and building some connection there because they've had so much hype and they just haven't got the pieces together. And I think I think the Pelicans. It depends how they do in free agency with you know regarding uh, like Brandon Ingram and other players of note on that roster. Lonzo Ball, who may be walking away, we'll have to see how that one goes. But this is not official hire, but it seems likely that it's going to go down in a while. Willie Green to the Pelicans. Dolan, your uh, reaction to that Willie Green news? Again, it's one of those things. Like I think that Willie will be a good coach. Will be. Like, like, are the Pelicans too dysfunctional? That's that's my that's my question. You know what I mean? Like this Zion is pretty much. I mean, we've gotten rumors that Zion doesn't even want to play there. So, um, yeah, I, I can can he fix them? That's the whole thing. Um, can Willie and Zion put this team in the right direction? Um, Green, it'll be what he will become. He would become the third youngest head coach in the NBA, uh, behind my Oklahoma City Thunder head coach Mark Dagnall, who's thirty-five, and then the Memphis Grizzlies Taylor Jenkins, who's thirty-six. So that was just something to note too, as well. Yeah. Um, on to the NBA Finals, where as I said, Willie Green currently assistant coach for Monty Williams' Suns team. Uh, it's two games to one game four scheduled for uh, a couple hours from now. We're recording before the game four. Uh, but nonetheless, it's been – I can't remember when we recorded last. I think it was last Wednesday. I can't remember if game one had started. I think – no, we recorded before the final started. That's right. Yeah, because we wanted to get it out. So, uh, yeah, so we haven't even discussed the NBA Finals at all. Phoenix took the first two games. Uh, I think the score is a lot closer than, than it probably should be. Um, but double digit wins. Game three, Milwaukee came out guns blazing and blew out the uh, Suns by twenty on their home, on uh, Milwaukee's home court. Game four, like I said tonight, two games to one. It, I think it's a must win because obviously everything is a must win. But it seems like game four in a two one series is a huge series swing one way or another. Because if Phoenix wins, you're up three games to one. You're going back to Phoenix. You need to win one game, and you get three opportunities, two on your home court, to knock it out. Milwaukee, if you can get the win, you tie it to, and you're guaranteed a game six back on your home court, 
where you could close it out. So it's again, I, again, it sounds like a cliche, and everyone will use it. But whoever wins tonight is probably gonna win the series because you see all the time, and it's like, oh, a series tied at uh, two games apiece. The winner of Game Five goes on to win X amount of times and whatnot. Um, keys to the game, I think Milwaukee, you know, just plug like you in Game Three. Have your role players step up. Uh, limit, you know, deep book again. Uh, limit Chris Paul as much as you possibly can. And if you're Milwaukee, you know, trust the role players. And uh, maybe Giannis goes up for 40 because Giannis has had back-to-back 40 games. And I think it was like Shaq was the last person. No, LeBron may have done that in 2016. LeBron uh, definitely did. Yeah, yeah. LeBron. Yeah, 2016 LeBron Cavs team down 3-1. Uh, yeah, so Giannis having an elite finals series. Um, it seems clear if Milwaukee wins, he'd be the finals MVP more than likely. Phoenix, you can give it to probably – it's probably Chris Paul, but you can give it to a number of players like D-Book or Aiton. Uh, but I, it's, I want a close game at least once this final. So I, I'm sick of watching, like, games where, you know, three, five minutes left in the game, you can pretty much turn it off because, you know, this game's – it's over at this point. Uh, Don, what have been your uh, takeaways from the finals so far first and then uh, your thoughts on the series as a whole? Yeah, I mean, my – Keys to the game, what I've been thinking of this whole entire finals so far. Um, I think really it's been predictable, but also kind of kind of interesting. So, um, like, the Suns have usually been able to control the tempo, come out hard, um, take the first two games, and then the opponent, except for, you know, the sweep that they had, I believe, is this is the uh, I think it was the um, second round. Yeah, uh, the Suns swept the Nuggets in the second round. They, they swept them. Um, except for that, you know, the Suns were able to come out. The opponent would take maybe one or two games back at their at uh, their home court, their their home court, um, and then the Suns would uh, you know basically finish them off. Um, in five or six games. I think really with this, it's going to be, you know, I'm still going to stick to my sons and six. Um, it might be just a little bit tougher, though. Uh, I'm not sure if there's anyone who can guard Giannis on the Suns. Um, as we saw, he dropped 40 points in back-to-back finals games. So if the Suns want to keep having a chance to win – then they better find a solution to uh, to Giannis because I don't know what it is about Chris Middleton, but the first two games he's like on a beach on vacation and then he actually goes to work for the rest of the series. Um, uh, it's 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 Chris Middleton fashion. Uh, I guess that's just what's what, what makes him what makes him go. Uh, Drew Holiday, I mean, he, if he comes to play. Yeah, that's good. I mean, Spence, you you said you said it so so good earlier. Just relying on the role players. Um, you knew they had a good game. I think it was a couple of nights ago. Pat Connaughton from Notre Dame, really forever. Yeah, interesting. Point. I just every time I hear Pat Connaughton, I always think of back when he was in college, and the ESPN announcers or whatever would be like, "Oh, this guy is a pitcher on the baseball team. He'll probably end up going pro in baseball." He's had a pretty sustainable NBA career so far. So, yeah, I think I think the Bucks was probably the best spot this guy could have gone to. 
I mean, this guy's impact off the bench. And, I mean, him and Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis came out of Arkansas. I mean, yeah. he was a pretty good – he's a pretty good player. Uh, coming out, I think he got drafted by the Bulls. He played on the Bulls for a couple years. And then that, and so now he's on the Bucks. I mean, this guy, I think he had 11 points off the bench last night. And before that, uh, it was about close to 20. So, I mean, his impact, too, is, is, is substantial, uh, especially with, when one of the starters um, doesn't, doesn't – is not looking like they're having a good night. I mean, you saw – what was it? Brooke Lopez only had 11 points the other night. He was not having a good day inside. And so the fact that they got Bobby Portis and Pat Connaughton to contribute off the bench was huge for them. Um, but I think with the Suns specifically, if they can just stick to their Chris Paul pick-and-roll offense, get the shooters on the outside or what have you, um, DeAndre Ayton staying inside, I think that they should be fine. But you, if you can slow down Giannis, or if not slow down Giannis, slow down everyone else, I think you've got a substantial chance to win. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be a good game tonight for sure. Yeah. So. Oh. Oh. Also, okay, one so, more thing to note. One oh, more thing to note. Ahead. I'm sorry, Spence. No, no um, worries. If uh, I hope, I hope that Scott Foster is not officiating tonight. I don't think he is. I don't think he officially backs back. No, it's, Chris Paul is zero and twelve like, with with Scott Foster officiating. Like, Chris man, Paul is I don't zero think and it twelve. Was a rigged game, but like when I saw Scott Foster was officiating game three, I was like, I'm sending a text. I was like, look, it's gonna be the Bucks tonight, just because Scott Foster semi jokingly with that. Also, I think Milwaukee was gonna win game three because it was at home, but yeah. it just happened that hey, we need a guy. I don't know, Scott Foster's whatever. Yeah, but, like, the thing about it is, too, like, Milwaukee, and there's something about it. Like, the refs in Milwaukee with these games, they let Milwaukee play so tough. Like, they're banging around inside, like, they, like, like the old NBA and, like, doing all – like, being, being extremely, extremely physical. So, that's my only thing. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Milwaukee wins tonight. Because of the fact that they're so physical inside, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So that that's my only thing. Uh, uh. You know, with you know the addition of you know watching out Scott Foster officiating these games. As I heard that Chris Paul was zero and twelve. I was like, you got to be kidding me, this guy. What is going on? <laughs> I think I saw somewhere that the uh, the Valley Oop game Scott Foster officiated. Chris Paul was out with COVID. Yeah, was he wasn't night. playing. He wasn't playing. <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, like I said, game four, I mean, by the chance, chances are you've already seen game four by the time this episode's out, by the time you're listening to it. Uh, game five, which you know now will happen Saturday. Uh, all the start times of this series, 9 p.m. But And I hate the two days off. Like, we have to go – we have Wednesday. We have Thursday and Friday, no game. And then we have a game on Saturday – uh, but nonetheless, Tuesday of next week, we have um, game six, if necessary. And then Thursday, the 22nd, uh, game seven, if necessary. Um, by the time we come back next week, we still haven't worked out our schedule yet. Uh, the finals could be over. We could be previewing game seven. We'll have to see how uh, 
the season unravels, but that's all I have uh, for this tonight. Dalton, do you have anything else you want to add? I do not. I do not. So thanks again for tuning in for another episode of Out of Bounds. Uh, enjoy the NBA Finals. It's been a good series so far. Uh, hopefully the rest of the series. Hopefully get at least one close game. But um, as always, I'm Spencer Brown. I'm Dalton Bishop. So thanks again for listening and enjoy the rest of your evening.